Hello Cryptonauts, today is October 4th, 2020. On today's episode of Cryptocurrency Chat, we're going to talk about the top 10 daily stats as well as your crypto news of the day. I am your host, Blockchain John. Alright Cryptonauts, first reminder, we do have a Discord channel available for Cryptocurrency Chat in which I will leave a link in the description below. If you want to collaborate on my podcast, you can reach out to me through that Discord app or through the Anchor app. With that said, let's get started with your top 10 daily stats. Today we're going to do the top 10 coins by trading volume. Starting off with USDT Tether with $25.7 million. Second place, we have Bitcoin with $16.5 billion. Third place, Ethereum with $9.1 billion. Fourth place, Litecoin with $1.9 billion. Fifth place, Bitcoin Cash with $1.6 billion. Sixth place, XRP Ripple with $1.6 billion. Seventh place, EOS with $1.6 billion. 8th place, Tron with $920.5 million. 9th place, Yearn Finance with $656.2 million. And 10th place, Ethereum Classic with $538.5 million. That there is your top 10 coins by trading volume based off of the 24 hour volume period. Your overall total market cap is at $344.8 billion up by 0.6%. All right, let's get started with your crypto news of the day. All right, Cryptonauts, next reminder, we are using Decrypt.co to get our daily news as well as CoinGecko.com to get our daily stats. Make sure you collect your daily uh, daily candies. With that said, first news coming in from Alexander Behrens. Crypto betting markets. Trump got a bump from COVID. Prediction markets like Augur have Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden in the lead in the U.S. presidential election, but some are indicating that President Trump's COVID-19 diagnosis may help his re-election chances in November. Really? Uh, Odds that Biden would win the U.S. presidential election fell by more than 5% following Trump's COVID announcement. According to data from election uh, election prediction contracts on the FTX crypto exchange, the slide comes after Biden's odds jumps jumped to an all-time high in recent days in the aftermath of 2020's first presidential debate, rising above 65% before falling to about 62% on October 3rd. The market activity is a sign that the prediction markets on the blockchain are gaining traction and could one day overtake their centralized counterparts. What are crypto prediction markets? Prediction markets, also known as betting markets, allow participants to place bets on the outcome of a particular event, like a national election or a sports game. Prediction markets are legal throughout most of Europe and much of the rest of the world, but some countries, notably the US, don't allow citizens to participate, causing large centralized services like Bitfair to ban users from from those countries. Prediction markets have thus turned to the blockchain where services can be censored or can't be censored or shut down once they're up and running. Augur is one such product where US elections odds have seen Trump slip 10% in the aftermath of the first debate, 
but haven't in indicated a reversal based on the COVID diagnosis so far. Trump's odd of winning the election sits around 44% on August protocol. Prediction markets have also uh, appeared in less formal designs. In, in the case of FTX, odds are measured using a futures contract that pays out based on the results of the upcoming election. The closer the price to $1, the greater the anticipated odds Biden will be the winner. Odds for the Biden on the FTX contracts has risen and remained above 50% in mid-June, but fell to climb above 60% until U.S. voters had the chance to see the candidates square off in person during the September 29th presidential debate. Prediction markets are seen as an alternative to polling surveys when trying to understand binary outcomes in election, uh, where confidence enough to take take a bet takes the place of trying to statistically estimate the political learnings of a large population. Prediction markets are also more responsible to sudden events like Trump's COVID announcements and so far seem to view the development as bad news for Biden. We won't be left waiting much longer to see if betters are on the right side of history or if Trump will upset the bunch with another come from behind victory. Next news written by Shuao Kong. Binance CEO CZ Shao. DeFi won't flip traditional finance anytime soon. It didn't take long for Shangpeng CZ Zhao to emerge as DeFi's newest and probably most powerful cheerleader. As the founder of Binance, one of the largest centralized crypto exchanges in the world, CZ's burgeoning enthusiasm towards DeFi, especially his admission that decentralized exchanges will overtake his own centralized exchange, reveals not only his own DeFi obsession, but also his plans to build a DeFi empire all within Binance. For this week's dubbing, I Google hung out with CZ on China's mid-autumn festival in a mixture of Chinese, uh, which we both speak natively despite his, despite his having a stronger southern accent whereas mine a distinct Beijing one, and English, which we resorted to for certain aspects of DeFi. We talked extensively about DeFi. Uh, we, extent, we talked extensively about how DeFi will disrupt the current state status quo, whether Binance is on a trajectory to be decentralized, and what the future looks like. The aha moment. CZ was never known as a DeFi guy. In fact, despite an early experiment launching Binance Dex on Binance Chain, the company was mostly an observer of the DeFi space. That all changed on August 31st when it unveiled a sister chain, Binance Smart Chain, a 100% Ethereum compatible. Since then, we've seen a host of Ethereum DeFi copycats spring on BSC. But according to CZ, DeFi has been on his mind ever since he had a aha moment. The aha moment occurred when I understood the power of automated market making, the AMA, AMM. For stablecoins, he told me. Last year, I could not have imagined that stablecoin trading would be a thing because it's counterintuitive. But once he understood the concept behind Curve, that changed. Curve, like many DeFi products, used an algorithmic approach for price discovery without an order book commonly used by centralized exchanges. It, minim it minimizes manipulation and offers lower slippage. Despite being a fan of the AMM concept, CZ says that he is not a diligent DeFi farmer, let alone a Dejan. I don't personally use DeFi projects that much. I try them to understand the workflow, he said. 
Binance selects DeFi products based on hardcore data such as numbers of users. It's no wonder that most DeFi products on Binance Smart Chains are straightforward forks of Ethereum's DeFi products such as Uniswap, Compound, Curve, and Balancer. Simple copycats can look half-baked as, as I have pointed out, but for these new food tokens simply suck liquidity in the beginning and then tend to suffer from a bloody mass exodus. None of the BSC DeFi products are listed among the top DeFi products based on the total value locked ranking. But is that a problem? Most of the coins will die in two weeks, CZ said. We are looking at products that have long-lasting value. He explained that by long-lasting value, he was referring to products that serve the masses and solve real business problems rather than coins serving simply as rebates and rewards for whales and super-sophisticated users. The, that attitude of always being experimental pervades our conversation. The idea that decentralized exchanges will inevitably overtake centralized exchanges one day and that the team has to throw experiments, as we say in Chinese, to get into the game propelled Binance to launch Binance Chain in 2019 and BSC this year. I hate running a centralized exchange. Our call was supposed to be half an hour, but CZ extended it to almost an hour as this interview was his last call of the day. He is a very chatty guy, amiable, laughs a lot and often admits I don't know in an endearing way. As is usual with him, he did not say where in the world he was at at the moment since crypto is supposed to be decentralized and physical locations is inconsequential. As most of CZ's followers know, he's been interested in converting the company to a decentralized exchange for a long time. DEX is so much easier to run, CZ told me. You don't have to KYC, you don't have to you don't have to have a big compliance team or a big lawyer team. All you need is a team of developers that can that can even be community contributed. For ZZ, another great byproduct of moving to a decentralized exchange could be the fact that no one is complaining on crypto Twitter and blame Binance for listing certain coins, nor will Binance holders uh, hold users' keys and suffer from the anxiety and fear of losing them. There is no running, just developing and deploying it, he said. Yet, despite his growing love for DeFi, CZ doesn't think DeFi will flip CeFi anytime soon. If you're looking long-term, 15 years or 20 years, for sure, DeFi will over, will take over CeFi, but it's not going to happen anytime soon, like in the next 12 months. Particularly, he looks at the total value locked in DeFi, which is a tiny fraction of CeFi. Moreover, the number of users in DeFi is way smaller than that in CeFi. Most DeFi users are big wells and players, he l lamented. Sex, uh, CEX appeal, sex appeal. At the end of the day, CZ is putting two eggs in two baskets. His centralized, his centralized exchange basket is responsible for serving existing clients and making profits, while his DeFi basic, basket is responsible for luring devs to build DeFi products. Sex is making good money, but developing a blockchain doesn't generate a lot of money, CZ said. This centralized, the centralized exchange will continue to survive because most users dislike using DeFi wallets and still prefer to relinquish their keys in the name of convenience. More importantly, who will on-ramp all that fiat to crypto if centralized exchanges don't facilitate the transactions. 
Yet, over time, the role of centralized exchange will gradually diminish as innovation solutions such as AMM lower users from SEX to DEX. Innovations among decentralized exchanges will provide real benefits such as liquidity mining and low slippage, all manner of things that are inaccessible to centralized exchanges. That's why CZ is putting eggs in the DeFi basket. We are one of the few centralized exchanges that don't view SEX as our main business, but uh, even though it's generating the decent profits to fund our growth but we don't view it as our core business we view it as a temporary stepping stone to get to the full decentralized world he said it sounds like elon musk's plan where he initially sells expensive luxury electric sports cars to fund the development of affordable electric vehicles is bsc a blockchain or DeFi studio binance Binance's DeFi empire centers around its Binance Smart Chain, BSC, an alternative to Ethereum, which is notorious for its congestion issues. But just like most public blockchains that struggle to find their own niche, BSC needs to find its people. What differentiates Ethereum is the group of dedicated developers and contributors who are willing to throw DeFi products one after another. To attract developers to the BSC ecosystem, Binance provides a suite of of offerings to include its Launchpad, Launchpool, and $100 million grant program. It even launched an innovative zone dedicated to the trading of riskier coins. CZ described these things as being similar to Ethereum's foundation grants, but to me, they look more like an incubation studio. In fact, it all sounds awfully similar to the approach taken by another large centralized exchange, Huobi. How so? Rather than simply giving our grants, Binance is deploying involved in the DeFi products it selects. We engage with the community deeply. We talk to different teams there. We don't just con- uh, convince them to switch. We advise them to- We advise them on token models. We also have a technical team that gives advice, CZ told me. It makes one wonder whether Binance is simply a studio that churns out DeFi product- projects rather than an Ethereum-like ecosystem that attracts good projects without trying. And... When the boundaries of whether a project is a Binance project or become blurry, this source of incentive becomes questionable. Among the successful BSC projects, how much stake does Binance have in them? And how does Binance judge which project gets more funding? A bubble about to burst. CZ believes that the DeFi space is experiencing a bubblish period and the craze will die down as bubbles burst. However, one cannot stop wondering if Binance is contributing to the bubble and whether the, the debubbling of DeFi will hurt Binance too. Regardless, the real question is, as DEX trading volumes skyrocket, will Binance need another experiment to claim its slice of the DeFi pie? Or will it its Binance Smart Chain harvest enough non-Ethereum yield to establish itself as a significant player in the DeFi ecosystem? Binance Smart Chain is basically a two-sided marketplace on the one hand, it needs to attract devs to build real innovation products on the chain. On the other hand, it needs to attract investors to use these products. So far, Binance has gathered an ecosystem of users and can see uh, and can be seen from a growing number of unique addresses. Retail investors are only too happy to jump on any bandwagon that CZ tweets. But on the other side of the marketplace is a trickier one, as one. Uh, as can be seen from the flattening daily transaction data. Why would the dev switch to Binance Smart Chain when Ethereum still dominates? Despite Ethereum notoriously clogging network, why would devs choose a blockchain maintained by a centralized exchange rather than any other blockchain? 
To win Dev's loyalty, Binance needs to be all in for the long game. After all, Ethereum emerged as DeFi's promised land only after a year of low-key, quiet experimentation. Growth won't happen overnight, even if it's cheered on by CZ. Nice. Okay, next news. Written by Robert Stevens. This is how many Big Macs a single Bitcoin will buy you. <laughs> what? <laughs> The Economist left an, an indelible mark on the finance in 1986 when it published a tongue-in-cheek financial measure, the Big Mac Index. Now, the, now that metrics has come into Bitcoin, the metrics claimed the Economist served as a helpful benchmark for the worth of currencies around the world, also known as the Purchasing Power of Power Parity of Currency or PPP. That's because each McDonald's burgers is identical. No matter which country you visit, the price changes with five dollars. You might be able to buy one Big Mac in the u.s or two in mexico since each mcdonald's mm, mcdonald's interesting i had never seen mcdonald's mac i never seen it wrote, written like that mcdonald's i thought it was mc mc donald's not mac mcdonald's uh, since each mcdonald's burgers is the same all around the world a dollar therefore appears to go farther in mexico in 2015, tokenized debt securities platform Bitbond created software that does the same thing for Bitcoin, called the Bitcoin Purchasing Power Index. It tells you how many Big Mac burgers one Bitcoin will buy you. There's a global Bitcoin PPI, which tells you how many Big Mac burgers you can buy with one Bitcoin on average globally, according to the site. At Bitcoin's current price, $10,619, that's 4,456 Big Macs, or 2.5 million calories. The Bitcoin PPI also calculates local exchange rates to work out how far a single Bitcoin will stretch in the country. The Denmark Bitcoin, uh, in Denmark, a Bitcoin will buy you 2,873 Big Macs. In Mexico, it'll buy you 4,433 Big Macs. The PPI, PPI also calculates volatility for the global PPI. This year, volatility was highest in April amid the uncertainty caused by the pandemic. During this year's bull run, Bitcoin was stable while decentralized finance coins, those that power decentralized lending protocols, stablecoins, and exchanges boomed. Bitcoin finally has a use case. All right, next news written by Robert Stevens. People are now selling Reddit's Fortnite crypto for cash. Uh, regulars of the 1 million strong Fortnite subreddit can trade their crypto based community points earned from uh, contributions such as memes, high-quality comments, and fan-made art for cash. Reddit has trialed cryptocurrency rewards on the on the community-run subreddit for Fortnite r slash Fortnite BR as well as on r slash cryptocurrency since May. The subreddit's cryptocurrency bricks run on a test version of Ethereum known as Rinkeby. Testnet coins aren't supposed to have value. Indeed, you can request the Rinkeby version of Ethereum tokens for free. Still, it's possible to sell the BRICS on a new decentralized exchange, Honeyswap. There, the coins have real value. Granted, not much. A single brick is worth three cents, and the single transaction cost eight dollars and eighty-nine cents. Oh my goodness, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy, man. The thing is, it's really complicated to sell these coins, and those transaction fees may not make it worth your while. It's also slightly easier, still. Uh, it's slightly easier, though, still very complicated to sell to sell Moon cryptocurrency earned on R slash cryptocurrency because people have written software to make the whole thing less of a minefield. 
Fortnite experiment is more popular. According to DAP Radar, 36,770 BRICS holders have made 65,291 transfers on r slash cryptocurrency. There are 7,973 holders of moons and 16.748 transfers. How to sell your BRICS? Selling BRICS is far from simple, but here's the nuts and bolts of it per a guide on the r slash cryptocurrency subreddit. First, send BRICS to your MetaMask wallet. MetaMask is a popular browser-based crypto wallet. You'll have to add BRICS as a custom token in your wallet using the following address, 0xe0. Um, second, you'll need to get some cryptocurrency to pay the gas fee. You pay gas fees to the network to process your transaction. For this, you'll need some Rinkaby ETH. Remember, you can get that for free and some XDAI. XDAI is a version of DAI, a US dollar paying stablecoin. This is a cryptocurrency whose value is equal, more or less, to the US dollar. You can swap DAI for XDAI, and uh, XDAI is the same as DAI, only it's based on the Ethereum sidechain. Third, you'll have to convert your BRICS to tokens supported by the XDAI sidechain. That means you'll have to convert them to XBRICS. To do this, enter the Rinkerb address for BRICS above in the My, My Ether wallet and paste this address in the ABI slash JSON interface, which here's here's a code that says constant false. Da, da, da. Um, copy and paste that. Uh, let's see. Then put the above contract address in, in the address and paste the following in the ABI JSON interface. Wow, they, they, they don't make it easy, do they? Some more code. Continue to select an item, pick relay tokens, put your address in the receiver, address mentioned, and then above, okay, MetaMask and switch. Then you can sell it on Honeysop, and then from there, cash out. To cash out, convert these tokens back to, into regular tokens, and from there, send to the exchange and withdraw to Fiat. Who said Reddit, Reddit was a waste of time? That's insane. Uh, that's that I already got lost <laughs> got lost with all that code anyways it's possible but it's it's not easy um, next news written by David Hollerith why Bitcoin miners don't use more renewable energy though 76 percent of proof-of-work miners say they use re- renewable energy as part of their fuel mix renewable comprise uh, comprise just 39% of the total energy consumed of the world's cryptocurrency miners, according to a survey by Cambridge University Center for Alternative Finance, published late last month. To mine cryptocurrency computers race to solve complex computational puzzles, since brute force is the only way to solving these puzzles, only the most powerful and therefore most power-hungry computers make a profit. The Cambridge Bitcoin's Electricity Consumption Index estimates that Bitcoin miners use a, a 7.55 gigawatt worth of electricity a year. An alternative metrics produced by uh, Digi, uh, Digiconomist estimates that Bitcoin mining produces a carbon footprint comparable to, the, to that produced by Denmark and an energy consumption that rivals Colombia's. From a pool of 280 major crypto companies in 59 countries, Cambridge's survey shows that 62% of mining companies said that they used hydroelectric power to power cryptocurrency miners. 17% said they used wind, 15% used solar, and 8% incorporated geothermal power. However, the survey also showed that the total energy consumed for cryptocurrency mining, only 39% comes from renewable energy sources. The other 61% comes from non-renewable energy, such as fossil fuels like coal. Hydroelectric volatility in China makes renewable expensive. According to Cambridge's Bitcoin Electricity Consumption Index, 
The Asia-Pacific region produces 77% of Bitcoin's hash power, and according to the survey, 65% of the hashers, hashes from the region said they relied equally on hydroelectricity and coal. That is because Chinese mining companies rely on cheap hydroelectric power in the wet season of uh, Sichuan province. Then up, then up sticks one the dry season starts in October and relocate to colder provinces like Xinxing where they rely on fossil fuels but scrimp on cooling costs. Alex DeViris, founder of Digiconomist and creator of the Bitcoin Energy Consumption Index, told Decrypt Bitcoin miners would probably love to have access to cheap excess of renewable renewables like this throughout the whole year but the reality is that those excess simply aren't there outside the summer periods deviries said that the climate change could make the cheap hydroelectric power of Sichuan less attractive to miners since shifting rainfall patterns drop the floods and make it difficult to get a steady supply of cheap electricity it shouldn't come to, as a surprise that we actually see significant increase in mining activity in fossil in fossil fuel dependent countries like Kazakhstan and Iran, he said, as Cambridge found these regions powered of 10% of Bitcoin's hash rate, according to data from September. Bitcoin mining is a 24-7 operations all year long. They require both cheap and consistent energy. You're simply not going to get that from renewable energy sources alone, he said. In places like Kazakhstan and Iran, which offer cheap fossil fuels, miners can obtain cheap energy all year round. A chart from Digiconomist illustrates this, this point. Miners compensate the cost efficiency. He uh, has made Bitcoin mining less green over time unless less energy-intensive mining algorithms are developed or break breakthroughs in renewable energy discovered. The environmental footprint in Bitcoin mining will only get worse. All right, next news, written by Alexander Behrens. Enterprise blockchain dominated by finance. Highly centralized and slow to build. Corporate enterprise, enterprise blockchains and are centralized, most likely about finance, founder-led and slow to build, according to a study by Cambridge University on the matter. The second global enterprise blockchain benchmarking study, published late last month, collected survey data from more than 200 established businesses, startups, central banks, and other public sectors institutions across 59 countries between July 2018 and July 2019. One section of the survey focused on enterprise blockchain projects. These are decentralized ledgers of information that are similar to blockchains like Ethereum, but built to handle more sensitive data and support corporate scale ap applications. Analyzing 67 live enterprise blockchain networks, Cambridge found that financial products such as efficient orders clearing and record reconciliation comprised 43% of the products in production. And they're slow to build. The researchers found that it took an average of 25 months for projects to go from proof of concept to deploy to deployments, and that's and that larger network could take more than four years to build. Centralized enterprise blockchains are far more centralized than their public domain counterparts. This means that instead of thousands of anonymous nodes and miners securing the blockchain, one or just a few nodes agree on the content of the new blocks and the existing chain. So-called permissioned blockchains which provide more control over the blockchains and a level of uh, secrecy secrecy are important in industries where data headed for the blockchains are considered by some participants to be trade secrets 
raising concerns that centralization will allow leading entities to gain an unfair advantage and potentially block data contributors from accessing the aggregated results. Businesses building blockchain systems to coordinate supply chains, shipments, or import arrivals, for instance, may sell their logistics data to adjacent industries and macro-level economic analysts. Cambridge's research found that more than 80% of the enterprise blockchain products used a single blockchain service, often a working group or subsidiary they manage themselves, to host the majority of their hardware-like nodes and miners. But the platform often rely on existing tried and tested techs to build their products. 48% rely on IBM's Hyperledger Fabric, a sort of customizable blockchain framework designed for enterprise use case. A similar uh, product from R3 Coda powers about 15% of reported enterprise development. And founder-led. The, the Cambridge report found, found market leaders developed more than 70% of enterprise blockchain products in hopes that other companies in the industry join. Industry consortium groups of businesses in the same industry started 20, 22% of the enterprise blockchain products and just over 5% were started by government institutions. Being, founded, being founder-led allows some enterprise blockchain products to develop at a faster pace, but they can have difficulty attracting competitors to the platform who may feel concerned about the long-term consequences of letting their rivals hold their reins. All right. That is it, Cryptonauts. We are done with the news for today. Finally, we're done. So with that said, Cryptonauts, check out my links. I highly recommend this Celsius Network platform app. It's so easy to use. You just buy your cryptos within the app. You no longer have to you know, buy them out of the app. You can buy them within the app now. Just link up your bank and uh, buy your cryptos there. And you just leave them there. And every single week, you earn not only just interest, but you earn compounded interest. Compounded interest on your crypto, and you earn crypto on your crypto. I like that. That's awesome. So with that said, Cryptonauts, uh, I'll catch you all on the next one. Adios.